You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. You are listening to Racing Nation, and now thanks to Dynamic Form. Let's take a look at our ratings, review, and preview presented to you each week with thanks to Dynamic Form, serious punting, serious form. Log on to the website and find out why it is Australia's most in-depth form guide, powered, of course, by Dynamic Odds, and you have the option there to take up a seven-day free trial. Let's have a look at our review and preview. Joining me each week, Jack Smallhorn, how are you? Hey, James, I'm good, thanks. I wasn't sure if you'd be with me this week after mm. last weekend, the Lions and the Broncos oh, and oh. even the um, the girls and the Titans got beat. Yes. It was a heartbreaking weekend, actually. Yeah, boy, boy, it wouldn't have been... Yeah, there would have been a few um, flat parties up there, I reckon. Mm. <laughs> they were both... Weekend. They were thinking of Saturday and Sunday, now that I think about it. They both were... I wonder what the odds were down. They were both in front with five to go. Yeah. Just, yeah, but I think they were both behind with four to go. Yeah, <laughs> the Lions definitely because when Charlie Cameron kicked that goal at about five to go to be up two, and then about sixty seconds later they were down ten, and the Broncos were up four with what? Yeah, yeah, five to go, four to go, really four, two four. really um tough beats to take, but um, two really good grand finals. So they um, were definitely. For the neutral, yeah, they were two um, absolute ripping games. That's what I keep telling myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I keep telling myself. Yeah, no. great spectacle. Football was yeah. Time heals all. You'll be back March yeah. next year. You would have forgotten about it, and you'll be back into it. Exactly, exactly. But we've got racing to keep us going, and that's a wonderful thing at the moment as we build towards. Uh, the Flemington week in November, which is one that we all look forward to. So some key lead-up races for that this weekend. We saw some key races uh, with some key stats, I'm sure, from last week. So let's have a look at that in review. What did we learn? Yeah, yeah, some some great racing at um, Ramwick last Saturday. We saw the flight stakes for the three-year-old fillies run and won, and Tropical Squall uh, from the Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Botstable, bounced straight to the front there and, and never gave anything else really a chance to win Gay Waterhouse, her 11th flight stakes. Incredibly, the only trainer to win more flight stakes than her is her father, um, TJ Smith, who won 13. So um, that's a, a, a crazy little stat there. It was really well judged by, uh, judge ride by um, Adam Hieronymus, who just went fast enough to be left alone and not pestered and then um, pinched a break, straightening and and she really, you know, went to the line strongly and held them off. She's on a 59, which is actually the lowest rating we've seen in this race um, in the last 13 years. So for comparison, Zugotcha won the race last year and ran a 65, which is, you know, about two lengths, um, you know, a stronger win. So, yeah, um, I think she probably continues on to Melbourne now for the 1,000 guineas. So it's going to be interesting to see how she measured up down there against the Victorian fillies. But, um, yeah, a little... A little cold on the on the race and the wind just with that, that low rating coming out of the race. Um, Kamachi enjoyed all the favours in the run and, and tried really hard, but once again, she's just found one too good. So she's, and I think she'll win a, a solid race eventually, but she has become a bit of a bridesmaid this campaign, a little bit frustrating. Uh, La Vida ran home really nicely from the back to grab third. She's a $21 chance in the VRC Oaks, so that, that appeals to me a bit. She's got stay up written all over her and obviously the big spacious Flemington track will suit her. So if um yeah, if she continues on um the the VRC Oaks can uh, path, I I, I want to stick with her and twenty one dollars looks a, a nice little futures play. 
Um, if I can take one home from the race, though, it would probably have to be not, uh, Molly Nickers. She found plenty of trouble in the run, but her last 200 was, was so impressive the way she got to the line. She's gone to the paddock, though, so we'll have to wait for her in the autumn, but she's definitely going in the black book uh, for the autumn. And the favourite to Invincible was Brave. It just it looked awkward from that from that wide gate, and, and that's the way it panned out. She was caught three wide, no cover on the speed, and, and did pretty well to battle on and, and finish only a few lengths off them under the circumstances. But yeah, the two I sort of want to follow out of the um, the flight are Tuta Levita if she she goes on that uh, VRC Oaks path, and then Molly Nickers for the autumn. I reckon she Molly Nickers might be the best horse to come out of this race. Uh, the Epsom, this, this is a really messy race with very little speed one, on. It was an interesting one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah you don't, often, often, I don't, know. You don't yeah. often see these big, you know, the Doncasters and the Epsoms run, you know, at, at really slow speed. But Golden Mile just bounced straight in the front and had the lead all to himself until 800 metres from home when Nugget whipped around him after being caught wide and, and put a bit of pace and spice into the race. But um, that all just set it up beautifully for Red and Year, who... Box seated, uh, peeled off the leader's back at the 300 metres and, and knuckled down really well to, to just hold off the fast-finishing Kovalika. Given the slow speed of the race, and you know it was never going to rate through the roof, um, and Redmere's uh, only recorded a figure of 56, which is a half point lower than the 57 he ran when he won the Bill Ritchie first up. So, yeah, it's um, another race on the day that hasn't exactly rated through the roof, but there were little reasons there with them sort of just jogging along in front and up front and then and then sprinting home. So I think the winner will probably push onto the Golden Eagle now, but you think he's going to have to run a much higher figure uh, in order to win that race. Runner-up Kovalika, he, he was an incredible performance. He drifted back on the fence and only managed to find clear running halfway down the straight, but rocketed home to just miss and ran the fastest last 600-metre sectional of the meeting. It's a bit of a toss-up here. I'm not sure. I haven't heard if they're going Cox Plate or Golden Eagle next. But, um, yeah, no matter what race they pick out for him, he's, he's going to be really hard to beat. He is uh, ticking over really nicely, Kovalika. And, as I said, Golden Mile, he enjoyed that great run-up in the lead uh, and was only covered late. I think um, Nugget just going around the field and, you know, in the middle stages and putting that pressure on probably cost him the win because he was only, yeah, as I say, run down late. But, he ran really well and, and good to see him bounce back after. The campaign was a little bit shaky early on when he found a bit of trouble in a couple of races and, and it looked like the, you know, it could have been one of those campaigns to forget, but he's bounced back really well um, with a good run in the Epsom. A stack of unlucky runs behind the place get his democracy manifest. Um, ran on really hard along the rails, but then he stopped in his tracks the last 100 metres, so he should have definitely finished a lot closer. Hope in your heart and nugget both had torrid runs out wide and were far from disgraced under the circumstances and the inevitable was just an absolute horror show. He, he shuffled back to me last on the turn and then found a heap of trouble in the straight, but the way he hit the line that last 100 metres when he got clear uh, suggests he, he would have been right in the thick of things if he had a bit more luck, so I'd be sticking with him wherever he goes. Um, so yeah, strange Epsom, Epsom with just that lack of speed and a little bit of a muddling run race, but I definitely want to follow... Kovalika, uh, either into the Cox Plate or the Golden Eagle, and then the inevitable, wherever he goes next, I um, I want to be with him too. So I reckon both of those horses are ready to win. The Metrop, um, favourite just managed to scramble in, uh, courtesy of a 10 out of 10 Rachel King ride. She was able to box seat on the favourite just fine and peeled off the leaders back soon after straighting. It was a similar story to uh, Red and Ear in the, um, in the Epsom and 
and yeah, the um, she she got um, uh, just fine off the leader's heels in um, about 300 metres, and and the pair really battled down the straight, and just fine just proved a touch too strong. So he's run a 56 and a half, which is again a few lengths below what we usually see from the winners in this race. Um, and he's run that figure off, you know, enjoying an absolute gun trip behind the speed. So he's now second favourite for the Melbourne Cup at 650, which just, it looks poison odds to me. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I, and the record of Metrop, I don't know exactly what it is, but the, the yeah, record of Metrop winners in the Caulfield Melbourne Cups is horrific. Yeah, not, yeah, not good. <laughs> not good. But yeah, I don't I, know I'm, what it is, but I know it's not good. Yeah. So I'm, I, yeah, I couple that with, yeah, the, wow. with the really low rating they've run. Um, I, yeah, I could be completely wrong, but geez, I, I'd be shocked if he, um, he won, you know, won the, the Caulfield Cup and then, um, too, if he could even run the two miles out of the Melbourne Cup, I thought he was really, really starting to paddle late there. Um, and the, you know, the third, fourth and fifth horses were really closing in on those two leaders late. So, yeah, I think he'd have to be a big risk at two miles, but that, that looks poison on to me at around the $6.50, but we'll wait and see. Um, the runner-up, Spirit Ridge, did a really good job, controlled the race from the front, and he's one of the most consistent horses in the country. I think he's placed in his last 12 starts or something like that, or, or 11 of his last 12 starts. So, he um he can win a second tier staying race soon. He's really honest and makes his own luck on the speed. Uh, and the rest were pretty well beaten. They were, they were getting home late, but never really in the race. Carla Paul kept grinding home to run third, and military mission sustained a long wide run from the back to finish fourth. But yeah, there wasn't a whole heap to um, report behind the top two. Um, but yeah, again, I just think there's massive question marks over the strength of this race. And as you said, it's not exactly a, a really strong lead into the the Cups in Melbourne um, traditionally. So yeah, I'd, I'd, mm. I'd nearly be happy to pen the whole race, to be honest, and take on anything out of it um, if they go to Melbourne. Okay. So that's a look at our review. Yeah, it was an interesting day from Sydney, wasn't it? Because now just thinking about it, the Metrop, the Epsom, they just sort of jumped, ran, stayed in their spots and were sort of dominated by horses up on the speed. Yeah. Yeah, was just, they both mm. sort of got the same run. So, um, yeah, I mean... I mean, well ridden, both winners. Uh, just yeah, you know, I'm a little cautious about following the format of both those races going into the spring now because yeah, you know, I just I just think um, yeah, not the strongest races. Okay, well, what's our horse to follow? What's the Dynamic Forms rating star from last week? Oh, uh, I think Kovalik is probably the one. He he it wasn't the ratings horse, but um, you know, with those races rating so lowly, it's hard to really springboard or get one to springboard out of them and and um, you know, go to the next level. But I think Kovalik is probably the one. He um, he was a fantastic run given the the shape of the race because you know they went slowly and, and the leaders up there dominated. He came from well back and and savaged the line. So yeah, I'm going to be with Kovalik wherever he goes next. All right, so Mike Kovalika, the uh, star of the week. Let's have a look at our preview. We'll have a look at two states here, Flemington. We'll have a look at the Turnbull and into Sydney. We'll have a look at a couple of the big features there. We'll start in Melbourne. So race eight is the Turnbull at Group 1 level, over 2,000 metres. Always a key lead-up race to many of the spring riches. And again, what a field that's been assembled for this. You've got international form, interstate form, everything amongst it. You name it. It's a very, very intriguing edition of the Turnbull, I must say. So very curious to hear what the ratings tell us. Yeah, well, this is always the race that sort of you circle and say, all right, we're on now. This is where the serious racing starts. We've had the little entree with a couple of races, but when the footy starts and the, uh, sorry, stops and the, and the Turnbull Stakes, um, kicks off the week after, you know, you know, it's business, business time for the spring. 
We get our first look, as you say, at uh, the Hong Kong superstar Romantic Warrior on Australian soil. So he's a horse that likes to settle handy. I'd, I'd expect McDonald's probably going to be positive from gate 11 and try and sit outside the leader or, um, or spot in behind the pace if he can. We've got very little between him and Sulcum, uh, but I want to lean the way of Sulcum as the play in the race, given his third up here and his highest ratings to date have come on the on the spacious Flemington track. He produced a scintillating turn of foot to win uh, the heavily first up at, at Caulfield, and then he, he got well back after missing the kick, but motored to the line in the underwood. So both those runs were at Caulfield, and as I said, we've got him at least a length better horse at Flemington. So we'll be holding our breath at the start because he's, he's developed this habit of missing the kick a bit. But if he begins with them and can settle midfield, boy, I think he's going to prove really hard to beat here, and, and $8 looks a, a very attractive price. There's no doubt Romantic Warriors as far as a three-time Group 1 winner in Hong Kong and, and he's sort of still on the up. He's, he's only relatively lightly raced. So, um, yeah, there's no doubt he's a star. But I think there's enough queries with him here to take him on at the short odds. He's having his first run in Australia. He's come up with that wide gate where, you know, it could be a little tricky. If, if McDonald doesn't get the spot outside the leader, there's every chance he could get caught in a three-wide no cover just off the pace. And the other thing is he's, his grand finals, obviously the Cox Plate in a in a few weeks. So I'm not sure if he's going to be 100% wound up to, to you know you know fitness wise here. They're, they're definitely going to leave something in the tank with him. So yeah, I just think at, at two dollars, um, there's enough there to, to take him on and, and lean Stalkham's way. As far as the roughies go in the race, we're expecting right you are to run a much better race um, than his odds suggest. And the same goes with um, Francesco Guardi, who can improve sharply his third up out to 2,000 metres. So, yeah, it's a race we're going to we're going to learn a lot of um, leading into the, the the three majors of the spring: the Cox Plate, the Caulfield Cup, and the Melbourne Cup. And we've got very little between the um, the top two, Solcom and Romantic Warrior, on our ratings. But yeah, given one's two dollars and and the other's eight dollars, I'm happy to make Solcom the play there, and um, yeah, hope he can just get out of the gates cleanly. Salcombe, it is number 11 in the Turnbull. Let's have a look at Sydney, another big day from Sydney. Uh, the Hill Stakes, probably the uh, the headline act here. It's worth, well, one of the headline acts, but it's worth $2 million in prize money. It's over the 1,900 metres, and again, a great field that has been assembled here for the Hill Stakes. What do the ratings tell us about this one? Yeah, the Rich Hill Stakes, $2 million. It's funny to think that the Epsom, uh, or was it Metropolitan last week, was worth 750000 Group 1 time on a race, and we've got the, <laughs> the Group 2 Hill Stakes worth $2 million. Well, the, turn, the Turnbull Stakes is worth seven hundred fifty. Yeah, wow. Uh, just a little bit skewed with there, but that's the way it is in, in the, the new age racing. Um, yeah, the speed map here for the Hill Stakes, we've got Numerian rolling forward from gate 15, as well as Hosier. That should... Probably allow Hinged and um, Zyrak to slot in behind the speed and, and enjoy those nice runs there. Montevilla, uh, for us, is the clear top pick here, and I'm hoping she can show a little bit more speed on Sunday to use that gate too and um, and settle you know a lot closer than she has in her three runs this time in. She's ready to peak now, fourth up, and I think Nashville is the key booking. He's in great form, and he's, he's just a jockey that's able to lift these sort of horses back to their best. He, he really does get the best out of these horses, especially these older horses who, you know, might be, you know, I'm not going to say lazy, but just a touch off their game. So there's nothing in this race that's <clears throat> come close to running the 68 she ran when she won the Renbet Stakes over this track and distance last year. So if she can get back to that sort of form, and I'm hoping, you know, Nash can get the best out of her. Um, yeah, I think she'll win this comfortably. Do your Mel's obviously the danger is two runs this time in have been 
full of merit and Saturday is his chance to show us what he's made of third up out to 2,000 metres. So we're going to get a great guide on him uh, leading into the Cups on uh, for out of Saturday, who you mail. And as far as the roughies go, uh, we've got he's a shocker, Mark's much shorter than the $18 that's currently available with most bookmakers. He turned in a, an encouraging first up run behind Solcom in the heavily and then you can just completely forget he's running the naturalism. He's caught four wide, no cover throughout and yeah, it was just a a complete red pen job through that that run. So um, <clears throat> forget about that. And the last time he, this time last year, sorry, um, he ran second to Zaki in the champion stakes at Flemington over 2,000 metres. And then he was only beaten, you know, three lengths by Dubai Honor and Queen Elizabeth in the autumn. So uh, at $18, uh, I think he's well over the odds. Um, but we are going to put our faith here in Nash and, you know, to get Montefilia back to her best and, and make her the bet in the hill stakes. Um, Around the four dollars, I think, is an acceptable price. She only has to get back near her best, and, and she'll win this race. It is race seven, horse number eleven. Another of the big features on the day from Sydney. We go down to race nine, so it is the Navizan over twelve hundred metres at Group Three level here. So for the four-year-old and upwards, the mares. So a really good race again this one. So what does the ratings tell us about it? Yeah, no real surprises in the Navizan. We've got um, we've got a bit of a two-horse battle here with favourites Paracel and Magic Time. We're going to slightly lean towards Paracel. She overcame a wide run to win the Toy Show Quality first up and then sat outside the speed and, and fought off Orbar Benedetta in the Cockrum uh, in Melbourne a month ago. So she's been kept fresh since, which I like that because she's got a great fresh record and, and she just stretched the legs in a recent Warwick Farm trial. So the query with her is, is the wide gate. She's, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm hoping that given there's a fair bit of speed um, in this race, I'm just hoping the field strings out a little bit and Zach Oyd's able to slot her in somewhere, you know, midfield or just off the pace from that wide gate. But she is going to need a little bit of luck getting in there. Um, if, you know, she's going to have to be right on a game too because this filly from Victoria, um, Magic Time, is a is a serious talent. She was never on the track first up in the heat, but kept closing in really well to be only beaten two lengths by Asfora. And we saw Asfora run uh, second to... Um, in territories in the in the Moyes Stakes last Friday, so that that's obviously great form for a race like this. The last time Magic Time was in Sydney, she won the uh, PJ Bell really impressively, and then ran third to Olympia in Group One comp- company. So yeah, she's definitely a high class filly and, and proven herself in Sydney. So yeah, she's not far off Parasol, but we're just going to side with Parasol with that fitness edge over her. Uh, Royal Merchant's third pick and has come up big odds for mine for a horse that was a Group One winner two starts back and then only beaten a tick over four lengths in a Stradbroke. I mean, think it over one, the Stradbroke, and he's now favourite for the for the Everest. So, um, yeah, mm. she looks big odds for sure. Um, and her fresh, form's, her fresh form's very good, so I'd be throwing her in the exotics uh, if anyone's having a trifecta or first four. But as I said, we've got it down to a bit of a two-horse race here, and I'm happy to stick with Paracel just with that um, that little fitness edge and, and hoping Zachoid can spot her in somewhere off, you know, one off the fence uh, from that wide gate. I think she's a pretty, pretty, you know, nice filly and she can get the job done in the Nibison. All right, so that is race nine. It is horse number three. All right, so we're on Solcom to take out the Turnbull, Montefilia in the Hill Stakes from Sydney. And then the rest we've just been talking about there, so Paracel to take out the ninth there from Sydney. What's the best? 
Yeah, well, I've got a bit of a love affair with Nashua and, and I'm throwing all my eggs in his basket this week. I think if he can um, yeah, drag the best out of Montefilia, even if you know she's only you know 95% or 90%, I think she can get away with the hill stakes. Um, and I like that inside draw. I think she can you know, position a lot closer than she's she's been um, in her previous runs this campaign and, and hopefully get the job done for us. All right, so we'll make Montefilia the best. And as I said, for dynamic form, then we can jump onto the website dynamicform.com.au and have a look at what it's all about. It's a good time for people to get on board because, like you said, a lot of different form lines and ratings to, to look at, to consider as we head towards all of the uh, the big cups meetings and the, the Caulfield Cups, the Cox Plates, the Guineas, the Golden Eagles, Everest, you name it. So it's a pretty good time if people want to jump on board and learn a bit about what Dynamic Form's all about and how it can help them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's um, there's all the ratings on it. The thing I found interesting with the ratings, and we found a couple of them uh, in Queensland, sort of before the winter, was you can highlight these horses out of maidens that um, have run really good figures, and you know, with with horses coming now from Victoria and Sydney and swapping over, um, yeah, those ratings out of the maidens for these lightly raced horses are quite interesting because yeah, we we found um, End Assembly a, a few months ago and Matilly and horses like that that are able to step up to the next grade, so. That's one part I like out of these ratings, but obviously yeah, you've got full ratings there for all the big races and um, yeah, every race, every tab race. So, um, and then you've got your dynamic odds, which you can use as well to compare all your odds and um, make sure you get the best price. So yeah, get involved with the best partnership in racing. Yep, dynamicform.com.au is the website. Jump on board and have a look. And each week on the program, they present our ratings, review and preview. Jack, as always, thank you for joining us on the program and hopefully we've helped uh, the punters find a few winners. Yep, thanks, James. Good luck and I'll speak to you later. Dynamic Form, Australia's most in-depth form guide powered by Dynamic Odds. Every runner, every meeting across Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore and other international jurisdictions. Personalise the form to suit you. Predictive rating for every runner. A comprehensive horse search database, speed maps, black books so you never miss a future winner. Dynamic Form and Dynamic Odds, the best combination in racing. Log on to www.dynamicform.com.au for a free meeting today.